Psalm chapter 35. This is another song written by King David where he's asking the Lord to help him have victory over his enemies. The way to read it is in the spiritual sense where we realize that our enemies are Satan and his demons, and those are who we want victory over. We don't need to worry about people who attack us. They're doing it because Satan is influencing them. The real enemy is Satan because he manipulates and controls people. But for those people who he uses, we pray for their salvation and we share the gospel with them. But we pray against the real enemy, who is Satan. Verse 1 by David, strive, Jehovah, with my strivers, fight with my fighters. He's asking the Lord to take up the battle on his behalf against his enemies. And you and I can ask the Lord to fight those demons on our behalf. Some people think that Christians can't have demons in their lives, but they can, and we do. That's why things happen like unexplained accidents, sicknesses, relationship problems, financial problems, all of that is the work of demons. So that's why we pray against them. To take hold of shield and buckler and rise for my help. Shield and buckler are weapons of war, and David is asking the Lord to take up his own weapons of war and fight against David's enemies. Notice how humble David is. He doesn't say, I'm going to do it. He expects the Lord alone to fight and win the battle. 3. And draw out spear and lance to meet my pursuers. Say to my soul, thy salvation I am. This is so beautiful because he's telling the Lord, you fight the battle, you use your own spear, your own lance, your own shield and buckler, and tell my soul that you are going to save me. This is incredibly beautiful, and it shows an incredible amount of humility and trust. This is huge trust. David expects everything to come from the Lord. He doesn't believe that he's a self-made man or that he can help himself in any way. He only believes that God can help him, and this is the correct perspective for a Christian to have. For they are ashamed and blush, those seeking my soul, turned backward and confounded, those devising my evil. The Lord can make those demons ashamed of themselves and make them turn tail. 5. They are as chaff before wind, and a messenger of Jehovah driving away. One angel can drive away many demons, just as if they're dust blowing in the wind. 6. Their way is darkness and slipperiness, and a messenger of Jehovah their pursuer. One angel pursues those demons, and those demons slip and slide in their own faulty ways. 7. For without cause they hid for me their net pit, without cause they digged for my soul. Those demons are always trying to get us to sin. They throw out all kinds of temptations our way, and they're also trying to get us to lose faith and lose heart in the Lord by making us sick or giving us financial stress or stress at work. They try to make us lose our faith in the Lord. 8. Meet him doth desolation, he knoweth not, and his net that he had catcheth him for desolation, he falleth into it. David refused to attack Saul, who was his greatest enemy. 
but he waited on the Lord to do it. And he knew that Saul needed to be taken down, but David was not going to do it because that would have been really irreverent to take down somebody who God had anointed to be king. And also it would have shown a lack of trust and a lack of faith and a lack of humility to not let the Lord do it in his own time. But David did pray that Saul would be taken down. He just refused to do it himself. 9. And my soul is joyful in Jehovah, it rejoiceth in his salvation. There are so many different types of salvation. All of it comes from Jesus, but there's a physical salvation which we've experienced several times in our lives when the Lord saved us from sickness and accidents and disease. And then there's also salvation of the soul when we repent of our sins and we're forgiven and we're made whole and we're recreated into new creatures through spiritual rebirth. And then there's the ultimate eternal salvation when we go to heaven. And the Lord is responsible for all of those types of salvation. 10. All my bones say, Jehovah, who is like thee, delivering the poor from the stronger than he, and the poor and needy from his plunderer. King Saul tried to take David's life, and he tried to take his kingdom and his name and everything. He tried to take everything from David. But the Lord delivered David, and David was poor. He started out as a shepherd. When he was running from Saul, he was nobody. He was just one of Saul's soldiers. Even though he had been promised a kingdom, he saw himself as being poor and weak, which is appropriate because whatever God can give us, God can also take away. We shouldn't feel smug that we have it made. 11. Violent witnesses rise up. That which I have not known, they seek me. Now this also happened to Jesus. There were liars who told lies about Jesus. And there were people who told lies about King David. The Benjamites wanted Saul to be king because he was from the tribe of Benjamin. So there were Benjamites who told lies about David, and a couple of them were mentioned in scripture as hecklers. One of them even threw rocks at David. 12. They pay me evil for good, bereaving my soul. Even though David helped the people and he never ever harmed any Israelite, there were Israelites who really hated him simply because he was not Saul's son. 13. And I, in their sickness, my clothing is sackcloth. I have humbled with fastings my soul, and my prayer unto my bosom returneth. Humbling yourself means fasting. So he says he humbled himself by fasting, and he put on sackcloth, which is uncomfortable clothing that you wear when you're mourning and when you're sad. He fasted and prayed and mourned for his deliverance. When it says my prayer returned unto my bosom, it sounds like the Lord didn't answer his prayer, but it could be that the Lord didn't answer his prayer right away because we know the Lord answered his prayer ultimately. The Lord did wipe out Saul, and then he also wiped out Absalom later when Absalom came against David. But in both cases, David had to wait on the Lord, and he didn't take things into his own hand. He patiently waited for the Lord to give him deliverance, and it took some time, especially when King Saul was fighting David. 14. As if a friend, as if my brother, I walked habitually, as a mourner for a mother, mourning I have bowed down. He said, as if somebody in my own family had died, like a brother or mother, that's how I mourned, because I was being tormented by my enemies. 
15. And in my halting they have rejoiced. They have been gathered together, gathered against me, were the smiters, and I have not known. They have rent and they have not ceased. When David was down, his enemy kicked him again. And this also happened with Jesus. This is an allusion to Jesus when he was being beaten before the Sanhedrin and before Pilate. They gathered around him, they hit him, they tore his clothing, and they wouldn't stop. 16. With profane ones, mockers and feasts, gnashing against me their teeth. And these profane ones, meaning people that use bad language and people that mock and make fun of others, they made fun of Jesus. When the Sanhedrin beat him, they would pull his beard and they would slap him and then ask him who slapped him. And then when the soldiers beat him, they mocked him and did a fake coronation where they crowned him with a crown of thorns, causing him further injury, and that was a mocking. So in both cases, he was made fun of while he was abused. 17. Lord, how long dost thou behold? Keep back my soul from their desolations, from young lions, my only one. He's asking the Lord for deliverance from all of this torment. And this is foreshadowing of the torment that Jesus would endure, but King David himself also endured long months of torment from those pursuing him. But he never got beaten up and physically brutalized like Jesus did. 18. I thank thee in a great assembly among a mighty people, I praise thee. King David praised the Lord publicly in front of all of Israel for all of the victories that the Lord gave him. 19. Mine eyes rejoice not over me with falsehood. Those hating me without cause wink the eye. He says, don't let evil men rejoice over me and mock me, and don't let them wink the eye at me, which means they're plotting against him and saying lies about him. 20. For they speak not peace, and against the quiet of the land, deceitful words they devise. King David says that his enemies tell lies about him, and that's exactly what happened to Jesus as well. He was falsely accused of many things. Jesus was falsely accused of trying to tear down the temple and trying to overtake Herod and all kinds of stuff. 21. And they enlarge against me their mouth, meaning they open their mouth wide and spread a bunch of lies. They say, Aha, our eye hath seen. The religious leaders thought that they had captured Jesus when they arrested him that night. They were gloating and they thought, Finally we got him. But they didn't get him at all. He had a battle to fight over evil and death and sin. And he won that battle. They were pawns in that whole story. The Lord used them to get him to the cross. But Jesus laid down his own life of his own accord, and it was the Father's will. The Pharisees didn't control it like they thought they did. 22. Thou hast seen, O Jehovah, be not silent, O Lord, be not far from me. King David says, I know you're watching, be near me, don't be far. In other words, he's saying, don't test me, just save me. You and I can ask the Lord not to test us too. We can say, Lord, we love you. Please don't test it. Just save us. He has the prerogative to test us anyway, but it never hurts to ask. 23. Stir up and awake to my judgment, my God and my Lord, to my plea. He's asking for judgment from the Lord, which means vindication on his behalf, meaning that he will have his life restored. 24. Judge me according to thy righteousness. And that means... Give me justice, restore my life against my enemies. 
O Jehovah my God, and they do not rejoice over me. This is going to happen to you and I if we keep following the Lord. In the end of days, when we stand before the throne, we will be vindicated and received into heaven, and then we will watch him cast all of those demons and all the people who hate him into eternal fire. That will be a day of vindication. The Lord doesn't want to cast people into fire, and we shouldn't want that either. So we have to try to witness to as many people as possible so that they can be saved and go into heaven with us. 25. They do not say in their heart, Aha, our desire. They do not say, We swallowed him up. King David is saying, Don't let them gloat over me. Vindicate me over my enemy so that they can't think that they won. 26. They are ashamed and confounded together, who are rejoicing at my evil. They put on shame and confusion, who are magnifying themselves against me. King David says, Cause them to be ashamed and confused because of what they did to me and because of you winning the battle for me. Let them be confused instead of feeling their evil thoughts were validated. And those demons are going to be really confused when they see way more people going to heaven than they ever thought possible. 27. They sing and rejoice who are desiring my righteousness. And they say continually, Jehovah is magnified who is desiring the peace of his servant. Those who wanted David to be vindicated were also the ones who loved the Lord. They rejoiced with David when the Lord won his battles. 28. And my tongue uttereth thy righteousness all the day thy praise. King David says, I'm going to praise you all day long. Literally, David spent his entire life praising the Lord. He never stopped praising the Lord. And he was praising the Lord even as a shepherd boy before anybody knew who he was. And he died praising the Lord. And he says, my tongue will keep speaking of your righteousness. And that concludes Psalm chapter 35.